It's been a season of firsts for the Sioux Falls Sunfish after debuting in the Expedition League a couple weeks ago. It's finally time for a passion project of mine, and it's the Fish Tank, the Sioux Falls Sunfish official podcast for the 2021 season. I'm David Coyer, the voice of the Sioux Falls Sunfish, and joining me for the entirety of this podcast this season will be the skipper for the Sunfish, Walker Bullington. Walker, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. Excited to get up here and uh, get on a podcast. Never done one before, but we'll rock it, roll it. We'll roll right through it, man. I mean, yeah, I'm just like you, I've never done a podcast before, so this is going to be an interesting time. We'll just be feeling it out, see how it's going for the entire summer. So, Walker, you're, you're the inaugural head coach for this Sunfish team. How, how does it feel, you know, transitioning from a college season that has kind of been stricken with COVID and probably hard for you and now moving into a summer ball team. How has that transition been? I mean, the biggest thing is just getting to play games every day. Um, you know, a lot of these guys haven't got to play in a couple of years. A lot of guys haven't gotten live at bats, you know, timing at the plate, just being out in the field, dealing with game situations. Um, so it's, it's good for those guys just to get out and play. And that's really what summer ball is about. Like we want to win some games, but at the same time, these guys are here to play, develop, work on some things, take them back to their, to their college and, and roll back in with a little bit more experience. It's a very good league. We've got guys that, you know, are, are, are learning and growing and, and some of the guys improvements just over the, the first couple of weeks has been pretty impressive. Just getting out, playing, getting that game experience is huge for these guys and to do it you know, up in a part of the country where a lot of guys haven't been before. I think the ballparks, the scenery, you know, the travel, all that goes along with it. And the coolest part for me is getting guys from all around the country, different backgrounds, different regions, different schools, different levels, putting them together and to watch them over the first couple of weeks, not just learn each other's names and what position they play, but hanging out outside of the game, you know, getting, getting a feel for the camaraderie in the dugout. These guys are really starting to bond, learn one another, learn how to play with each other. And that, to me, that's just as important as, as the development on the field. And you and I have been able to travel with the team. Um, of course, me as the broadcaster, you obviously need to travel because you're the head coach. Um, I've gotten to know a little bit about you. And to say you're qualified to be the Sunfish head coach, I think is an understatement. And to say you're qualified to be on this podcast with me, I think is an understatement as well. Currently, the head coach at Ren Lake College in Illinois you're from Tennessee, but you've been all over the place and you have a very extensive background in both baseball and other sports and even a sports media background. How about you elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, so I'm originally from East Tennessee. I played at uh, Division II Carson Newman uh, University in Jefferson City, Tennessee. From there, uh, kind of went everywhere to um, Carson Newman to the Nationals, Yankees, Braves camps, lived in Singapore for a year coaching at the Hit Factory. Uh, was at College of San Mateo, a junior college out in California for three years. Was at Spring Hill College in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, stops along the way in Puerto Rico in a collegiate league, in South Carolina in a collegiate league. Um, you know, now at Ren Lake College. Um, you know, lessons, traveling, showcases, whatever it may be. Uh, baseball's been really a tool for me to travel and, and see the world and meet people and build relationships and, and, and build friendships that, that I'll have for the rest of my life. So. It's really been a vessel for me to just to just go see things, and you know I, I'm still young, but this game has treated me very very well. Um, it's allowed me to go do a lot of things that I didn't think I would be able to do, um, which which is awesome. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know that's why I was excited about this podcast, is I've done a lot of stuff on the radio in terms of color commentary or play by play or PA announcing. You know I was fortunate enough to work with uh, a guy by the name of Mike Rypel who's who's really really good at what he does and learn a lot about it and I understand the importance of this and 
adding a visual to to the audio and I feel like you do a really good job of that and, and bringing the game to life for guys and it just adds a level of professionalism uh, to what we do you know when when, when you're, you're kind of getting that background information and a lot of these parents are sitting you know thousands of miles away trying to listen to a game that their kids playing in in the middle of Pierce South Dakota or, or Sioux Falls or whatever it may be so uh, you know I'm excited to do this and and hopefully you know a lot of the parents and Friends and family members learn about you, learn about myself, but just learn about kind of the background of what goes on within a collegiate summer league and, and the expedition league specifically. Now, you talk about your baseball background, you talked about your broadcasting background, and before we dive into what this podcast is going to be about and start breaking down the Sunfish season, I think there's one non-baseball, non-broadcasting story that you've told me before. It deals with a different sport. And I, I, I think you need to tell the fans what – you know what I'm talking about. I yeah. think you need to tell the fans that story. So I had a short-lived <laughs> professional basketball career, six games, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> played in the ABA, which for people that don't know what that is, that's legitimately the Jackie Moon with the Flint Tropics. Um, so I played for the Tennessee Mad Hatters uh, at <laughs> Johnson City, Tennessee, for six games. We go to Atlanta, play the Atlanta Experience. They've got a seven foot, three hundred pounder. We keep calling switch at the elbow. <laughs> I'm trying to do everything I can do to guard the guy. It's not going well. Um, <laughs> they beat us by forty. We go through the we go through the handshake line at the end, and the big man gets to me, shakes my hand, tossles my hair a little bit, and says, "Good job, little man," uh, which really, really helped. Which really, really helped me. Uh, you know, understand where I was in the basketball universe, uh, good enough to play, not good enough to stay. So very short-lived, but a cool experience uh, at the same time. And my first my first jobs were actually in basketball, coaching at the high school level. So that was, that was another first love of mine was baseball, basketball. And, again, I've just ran around for 10 years pretending to work, you know, <laughs> just, just baseball, basketball, traveling, broadcasting, whatever it may be. I love the game. I love sports. I love what it teaches these young men. I love what it teaches me on a day-to-day -day basis, and I, I just think that there's a lot of value in, in what we do. It's maybe not the most uh, financially <laughs> smart decision to get into that <laughs> career, especially early on, but what it gives back to you is worth its weight in gold, so really enjoyed it. I've heard that story about five times, and I have <laughs> laughed the same amount every single time. Ooh. That's just amazing. So, yeah, he can coach baseball, but he's coached basketball and even played basketball. So, you know that Coach Walker Bullington, he's a man of many talents. So, let's get on with what this podcast is going to be. We're calling it the Fish Tank. Credit to assistant coach Lane Hovde for that one. We were talking on the road this past week, and I was telling him about the podcast, and he said, why not the Fish Tank? And I liked it. I don't know. What do you think about the Fish Tank? I think it's money. Lane just comes out with the fish tank roll with it I thought it was the perfect name man. we'll get Lane on this podcast eventually but what it's going to be is it's going to be roughly a weekly podcast and we're just going to break down what's happened in the past week talk about sunfish baseball break down what the players have been doing what the team has been doing but then also just get to know some people we'll have guests on every week whether it's the front office staff with GM Nick Moen or maybe one of the pitchers like, I don't know, Matt Hess or just one of the assistant coaches. We're definitely going to have an hour-long special with the assistant coaches, Lane Hubdy and Tyler Olmstead. We Tyler's pumped, man. We, we, <laughs> we already signed the contract, hour and a half, 1v1, live story, in color. It's going to be it's gonna be outstanding. So <laughs> that's just what this podcast is going to be. You're, you guys are going to learn along with us. We're just going to try some stuff out, see what works. If there's something that you hear or something that you don't hear, let us know and let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. We're open for suggestions. We're ready to roll with anything uh, that the season brings along in this inaugural season for the Sioux Falls Sunfish. So with that being said, let's move on to our first segment. We're calling this one, 
road trip. And what we mean by that is the Sunfish have played 11 games so far this season. Ten of them have been on the road. Only one of them this past Friday against the Pier Trappers has been at home at Karis Park on the campus of Augustana University. And being on the road a lot, I mean, for, for me as a broadcaster, I mean, that's just a lot. I've never traveled with a team, and so these bus rides are long for me. I can't imagine what it is like to ride on a bus and then get off and have to play a game and then live in these hotels. And that's what we've been doing for the past two weeks. Coach, I mean, what, what are your thoughts about, you know, 10 road games out of 11 to start off the season? Well, I mean, I think the first thing is it teaches these guys, if you want to do baseball as a career, whether it be broadcasting, operation side, coaching, or as a player, that's what minor league baseball is like. It's a grind, man. And these guys have to learn how to deal with the grind of a season. You know, it, it, we talk about player development. We talk about learning the game, repetition, whatever it may be. One of the biggest things that separates uh, players from other players at this level and at the professional level is your ability to take care of your body, to get sleep, to understand how to travel. Uh, it's time management. I mean, it's a grind. You know, so these guys, a lot of, uh, a lot of these guys have never – been a part of something where you're on the road, play a three-game set, sleeping in a hotel, get up, go somewhere, grab some food, go play again. You know, you, you, you finish a game at 1130 at night, you got a five-hour trip back, go home, snooze for a couple hours, get up, and here we go again. So, um, you know, the minor leagues, I think a lot of us, we see the glitz and glamour on TV, all the, all the commercials and Gatorade and this and that, and really we don't understand that a lot of these guys for seven, eight years – go through that grind and, and, and earn it and, and deserve it. You know, it's it's one of those things that minor league cities and stadiums and ballparks are not always the friendliest of confines to these players. Um, that's something I think the Expedition League's done a great job of. These guys are staying in nice hotels. We're traveling on coach buses. You know, the Ren dog, the bus driver is, <laughs> is a dude. You don't get you don't get bus drivers like him very often. But I think they're enjoying it. Um, I think we'll see how we handle it when it comes mid-July, kind of the dog days of summer when you're on that bus for the 45th time and you're starting to get a little bit weary towards the end. And that's when you see guys in the home stretch. Some teams will get hot. Other teams will kind of fall through at the end. And it's all about just, you know, trying to enjoy it, trying to, to, to live through the process, understand what you're trying to do. Uh, but that's a huge part of what we do. And it is tough. And, and I know these guys are pumped as well as we are to, to be here for a six-game homestand, sleep in our own bed, you know, get up and go to the ballpark an hour before we start, not not on the road constantly. So I'm excited for these guys to to six back-to-back -back nights, get the home fans here. And Augustana is just a beautiful ballpark, man. It's, it's, it's a cool spot. The field's fantastic. The setup, you know, everything's kind of close-quartered. So we're excited to get some fans out here and see if we can stretch a couple wins together. And now on the road, so far the Sunfish, they are – three and eight this season in 11 games played they're one and oh at augustana so we're hoping that undefeated un undefeated at home <laughs> we're hoping to keep that undefeated streak going and of course the one home game was against the pier trappers 1-0-6-1 victory and the next two games are against the trappers at home and the end of this homestand is a another lone game against the trappers so looking to try and get that home streak continuing stay undefeated at home but on the road two and eight and two, the, two of those wins came against the Wheat City Whiskey Jacks near the end of the uh, away series against the Whiskey Jacks in Grand Forks. But other than that, just swept by the Trappers on the road. What you, you mentioned we were talking about, you know, traveling, being in the hotels, being on the bus. When we were, you and I, we were on the road and 
we have the early checkouts on those last days. And that's that's kind of tough because you get out of the hotel at 11 or noon. You don't have to be to the ballpark till 4.30. We've found cool stuff to do. Just this past week in Pier, we went down to the Missouri River, spent the time in the, uh, in the river. But on, on days like that, you know, we're out in the sun all day. We're, it's hard to find a place to be inside and keep the guys uh, alive and energetic. So when you're out in the sun and then you have to go play a baseball game, how does, you know, trying to find something on the road to do while not exhausting the players, how, how tough is that as a coach? I mean, it, it is tough, and you got to kind of kind of take a temperature of your team, get a feel for how they're feeling. Are guys tired? Are, are, are guys wanting to go do something? Do we want to hang out on the bus? What is it that we want to do? But I think that that's the biggest part of this summer is trying to find things to where these guys get to know each other, to where these guys you know, get to understand who they're playing with and who their teammates are, and, and that's one of the biggest things is trying to get these guys together and get them in different situations and different environments and, and with different people. And that's a huge part of what we do in addition to playing the game, developing, getting repetition, is just just being able to, to go out and, and, and do things and experience things. Because whether these guys know it or not, they're going to remember this time for the rest of their life. You know, going to the Missouri River and, and meeting guys. Some of these guys are going to be in each other's weddings. Some of these guys are going to be lifelong friends. And that part's just, it's, it's awesome, man. But at the same time, like you said, I would say there'll be some days in July where guys are like, hey, let's hang out on the bus for a couple hours, get some AC and, <laughs> and get to the ballpark. But, um, you know, it, it's tough to try to figure out what you want to do. But we also try to remind these guys, hey, you're 18 to 22 years old. You're going to be all right. You know, so take care of your body the night before. Let's go out and see some things. And, and that's what's so cool about this league is traveling around the upper Midwest and South Dakota, North Dakota, Nebraska, whatever it may be. And, you know, we've already taken, you know, uh, our departure time and, and left an hour early to stop and see Fargo or go to the Missouri River. We want to give these guys as many experiences as we can because that's a big part of what draws guys to this league and draws coaches and fans to this league is different different places, different spaces, new experiences. And I think we're you know we're trying to to, to, to commit to getting these guys to see as many states as possible, see as many things as possible, and and have as as many experiences as possible while they're up here this summer. And now with summer collegiate ball, for some of the fans who don't know, you're getting players in and out. Um, we, the opening day roster is not the same roster that the Sunfish have now. We've gotten guys in. A couple uh, members have left. And so the roster's changing constantly. Even on the road trip, we're gaining people sometimes on the road. Dylan Cricket Danielson being one of them met us out in Grand Forks. So how, does, how hard is it to try and, you know, get some players in who – you know they're joining trying to get them get the cobwebs shaken off but while also the guys who have been here since day one also getting them playing time yeah it's uh, we're, we're trying to sit down as a staff right now and and try to get a good feel for where are these guys comfortable what's their secondary position um you know what what lineups can we put together because what we don't want to do is go day on day off day on day off uh, you know hitters hate that because it's tough to get a rhythm so we're trying to figure out some sort of rotation to where we give ourselves a chance with a lineup to where you want nine guys on the field to, to feel comfortable with where they're at and feel comfortable with getting back-to-back days, take a day off, get some rhythm at the plate. Um, so that's one of the biggest things, just trying to figure out a rotation that's going to work for us as, as a ball club, but work for the guys as well. And we're trying to get these, uh, these guys all at bats. We're trying to get them in, trying to get them work at, at whatever position they're trying to work on before they go back. So as guys come in and out, it just adds another dynamic of, you know, we bring in another outfielder, we bring in another infielder. Um, it, it's not one of those things where I, I think guys understand that, that all of these guys are here to develop and play. And the big thing with us, too, is we get BP every day. You know, we get to the ballpark early. So even on their quote-unquote off days, they're going to take rounds of BP. They're going to get ground balls. They're working on something pregame. 
Um, you know, now that we're at home for the homestand, we'll do early work and, and get some individual stuff going with guys, let them get their work in. So we're just trying to see what we got today. We'll have a lot of fresh faces in the lineup again, and then we'll start trying to build some sort of rotation here as we, as we continue throughout the summer to get these guys their work in and, and get us two or three different lineups that we can kind of move in and out and, and get these guys their reps and give us a chance to win a bunch of ball games. Now, speaking about the, the play on the field, now let's dive kind of into that. Again, three and eight this season, and in those games, it's only been a one-run ball game three times, and the Sunfish are one and two in those games. So twice this season, the Sunfish have allowed 14 runs to the opposing team, and those have been blowouts against the Fremont Moo and the Wheat City Whiskey Jacks. What, what have you been seeing in some of these games, especially only having a few close ones where sometimes late in the game even, the pitching seems to kind of loosen up a little bit and runs kind of cross in difficult situations? I think the biggest thing is just trying to perform in big spots, whether that's on the base pass, offensively, defensively, or on the bump. Uh, if we get more consistent, that record looks a lot different. Uh, I mean, there's games where even when we've gotten, uh, you know, beaten pretty good for about five, six innings, we're in that game. Sometimes we have the lead, it's a one-run ball game, whatever it may be. I know we've talked a lot pre-game and post-game about runners left in scoring position. Uh, we made some errors early, as you would expect, with, with a lot of guys that haven't played in a long time. Uh, I've been really proud of the pitchers in terms of, you know, we, we've given up some stolen bases and teams have ran on us pretty well. Um, and a lot of that is due to the fact that, you know, we talked about it. Guys right now are just trying to get up there and throw a strike, much less try to hold a runner. And those are kind of the, the parts of the game that, that kind of get overlooked and, and put on the backside when you're – when you're rolling back into it, these guys are just trying to pitch, they're trying to play D, they're trying to swing it. But as we continue through the summer and clean some of those things up, I think we've got a shot because we've got talent at every spot. There, there's no doubt about it. Just taking advantage of opportunities. And, you know, I think in summer ball, a lot of times, uh, you know, wh whether it's situational hitting or whether it's on the bump, trying to get a, a strikeout, we've just got to let it play a little bit more. And that's a, a baseball term. But let it play just kind of means, you know, we've got to get out there and attack first pitch. It's a wood bat collegiate league. Those strikes. Let them hit it. We're going to play D behind. You know, we have runners in scoring position. Um, you know, we, we, we can't get big and try to tie it up in one swing. we got to play pepper a little bit and, and, and smack it around. And then defensively, we, we've been pretty good the last few weeks here. But, you know, there were some times where error in a big spot, walk, then a base knock. All of a sudden, it's two, you know, give up two runs with nobody out. And that's kind of been – kind of been our kryptonite this year when we clean those things up and we play a complete game i think we can beat anybody in this league any night and uh you know don't be surprised if if over the next couple of weeks as we get now that everyone's in and we've got everybody here we get our rotation going everybody's got some reps i, I would say we're going to play a lot cleaner baseball especially with the homestand final uh part of this segment i'm just going to talk about Scoring first, we've talked about the pitching and how you've, you've talked about how there's been some solid pitching. And I think dating back to May 29th, if I'm not mistaken, there's only been one instance of a pitcher not going over four innings, uh, four or more innings, actually. Um, you started off the season going a lot of three innings, three innings, two innings from your pitchers. In games where the Sunfish score first, they're two and one. But that's only three games out of 11 where the Sunfish have scored first. So... Talk about that impact about, you know, we have pitchers going six, sometimes even seven innings, um, but at least going four in the past couple weeks. But then the bats just aren't providing early run support and you're letting the opposing team score first. How hard is it to come back, especially on these road games? Well, I mean, on the bump, it's tough because you're out there, you're dealing. You know, we've had a lot of guys go shut out, only give up one, give up two. 
And, and what happens usually in that situation is, and you can look at the splits in our games, is the fifth or sixth, we're starting to really try to be particular. We start trying to place it because you're not getting the run support behind you. And as a pitcher, you feel like, hey, I've got to strike guys out right now. I can't give up any hits. We're not scoring. And that's when guys miss a spot, miss middle, boom, we give up a double. It's a different ball game. Whereas as a pitcher, if you've got some run support behind you, specifically early, you can kind of relax, let it play, let the ball get put in play, and pitch in a more comfortable setting. Whereas, you know, we've had a lot of guys go a little bit deeper over the last couple of weeks, and, and innings five or six is usually kind of that big inning that hurts us because you look up at the scoreboard, we've got one run or two runs, and, and we feel like it's not coming. They put on the put the pressure on themselves and try to do it themselves. So that's one of the big things. And, you know, early on, we went 3-3, three, 3-2, three, 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 two, one, two, whatever it was with our arms. We do that because it's first couple weeks in the summer, let guys get their feet underneath them, keep the pitch count down. We've tried to keep everybody's pitch count down across the board, which is something that I'm big on. You know, these guys are going back to play for a college or university, so we want to keep their pitch count down, give them their day's rest. and. Now we've kind of got the bodies and, and the bullpen to be able to do that. And that adds another element. When you run three different guys out there each night, that's just a higher percentage chance that one of them maybe is struggling a little bit. So it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where we just got to kind of lock in, give them some run support early, let them get comfortable. And, and I think it's, it's one of those things that we, we, we got to bunt, drag bunt, you know, take a bag, whatever it may be. We're going to try to put some things in over this next week or so to, to try to help us get some runs uh, across early because hitting is contagious. When we have hit, we've really swung it well, top to bottom. When we haven't, we haven't. And it's one of those things where if you look at you look at the box scores, you can kind of see how it's going to go uh, after the first three innings. And we, we can't be one of those teams to that we match what we do in the first and the ninth. we got to grow, battle, and get better as we roll through it. So. so that's coming off of 10 road games in the first 11 games played by the Sunfish. Three of them, the past, or four of them actually, the past four games against the Pier Trappers. That's a nice transition to our next segment, talking about the Pier Trappers, who are they? They represent two or three of the next six games for the Sunfish here at home. The next two starting tonight, tonight and tomorrow against the Trappers before a three-game set against the Sewers Valley SaberDogs, and then next week closing out against the Trappers before heading to Pier on the road again. We just got back two days ago from Pier after dropping three on the road, after getting the lone win at home against the Trappers. So six straight games against Pierre. At what point, I mean, it, it, it's almost insane playing six straight games against the same team. We played, what was it, five against Wheat City in a row, and that's how this schedule seems to be for the Sunfish. How, you, how, how easy is it to get used to the same team after a little bit? It's pretty easy, man. I mean, <laughs> you, you start... You start getting into, you know, if, if you put your coaching hat on, you know, one time through the lineup, you're learning. Two times through the lineup, you're really learning. Three times through the lineup, we have an idea of what we're facing. And when, when you when you add that, you know, to four or five more games against the same ball club, they kind of know what we have. Uh, we know what they have. We actually saw a couple of their arms um, at the end of that series that we saw in game one. So that's something that as we go through the summer, we get familiar with these ball clubs. Uh, it's going to help us offensively for sure, um, because you know one of these things, one of the things that these guys are used to is having scouting reports, um, you know, having an idea of what they're facing, and and that's something that's unique about summer ball is for the first month or so you're going in blind, and and it's really just standing in the on deck circle, try to focus up. What's he throwing? Oo, what's his out pitch? What's he struggling with? And. And that's something that's going to help because I think these guys know who, who our opponent is tonight, know what they're going to face, and, and try to go in with their own individual plan. And, and hopefully that translates into some, into some success offensively, you know, top to bottom. 
the thing for me, and I, I, I kind of brought this up to you before the game uh, on Monday against Pierre, they've been using basically the same lineup the past couple games. I mean, I was just looking through my scorebook. In Monday's game, there was one – actually, let me just triple check this. There was one person who wasn't in the lineup on Sunday. So, I mean, their coaching staff, they're really utilizing the same offensive looks as well. Um, and it's not that the Sunfish have really been struggling. I mean, especially Monday's game, it was just a one-run ball game. It kind of came down late. They were keeping up with them, getting the runs late. And with playing them nine times in 14 days, the, the, the same team, I mean, it's got to be – you got to start getting used to it. And again, we got more new guys coming in tonight for the Sunfish. Um, so that's that's some new faces for them. But one thing, you, you've given them a couple different lineups in the, in the three four games played against them. You've shown them different people, different places. Yet, just a 197 batting average. The, the, the Trappers, their pitching was outstanding this past week. Kept their ERA under two. I think it was roughly like 1.9 something. Their pitchers were... As I like to say, for our pitchers at least, wheeling and dealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, how do you deal with that? And especially now playing them three games on the road, getting swept. Morale was possibly a little low, and now you have the day off. And now you're playing them at home. How, how do you change up that? Try and get the bats hot, especially tossing in the new people. I mean, we got, we got to hit the reset button a little bit. You know, uh, their pitching was outstanding, like you said. They really kept us off balance. They would go one zero change up, two one breaking ball, kind of pitching backwards in spots. Next time through the lineup, pitch forwards, but none of their guys were overpowering. It was a lot of mid-80s, pull the string a little bit, change up, breaking ball, whatever it may be. We kind of put ourselves off balance, um, and a lot of that is emotional. You, you, you start you start pressing a little bit, try, again, trying to tie it up in one swing, and, and when somebody's you know mixing up pitches well, changing speeds, that that's a recipe for disaster sometimes. We had a lot of fly ball, ground ball outs, but at the same time, you know, it's baseball, but, you know, they had a lot of Ducks Norts fall in uh, over that last week. It was it was pretty wild, uh, the amount of stuff that just went over a glove, that just got into fair territory, or, you know, a swinging bunt that rolls to the perfect spot. And we're not getting those right now and, and trying to tell our guys that, hey, we're, we're actually hitting some balls pretty hard right at people. I think JT Mix lined out to the center fielder about six times, you know, just right up the middle, uh, knuckling baseballs through the middle, not falling. Those will start to fall. Um, you know, it's a long summer, and baseball always evens itself out. For every ball that you smoke at somebody, you're going to get that swinging bunt that lays up in the perfect spot. Looks like a line drive in the scorebook. So I think just kind of, you, you know, the baseball side of things seemed like it was against us a little bit with stuff falling, not falling, whatever it may be. But we just got to change our approach, stay back, let the ball travel a little bit. We've got a, a lot of guys pressing, trying to get, trying to, you know, turn on balls and, and drive the ball out of the ballpark when. You know, if we change the approach, let it play, um, you know, use the right center field gap, stay back, think middle-middle, that's when we'll start to see our offense kind of click. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of the same arms over these next couple games with, with Pierre, and, and hopefully uh, now that we've seen them, we make that adjustment and, and uh, go out and go to work tonight. And one thing you, I, you and I have kind of noticed, along with Coach Lovedy and Coach Olmstead, is – a lot of these sunfish batters, they're getting down quickly. They're looking at these pitches that it's just like, you know, you look at one, okay, now you know what the guy's dealing. But then you look at another close fastball on the outside corner or something. And what I've noticed with these umpires as well is they're really picky about their corners. Like the, some some like the, the high stuff, some like the low stuff. But when it comes to inside, outside, it their corners are, they're, 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 their zone is expanded a little bit. Um, and our sunfish hitters, they've, 
they've been a little picky, and so then you'll get them down 0-2, and you had a, a specific one against Pierre. I think that was uh, I think that was Saturday's game where Benito Garcia, I mean, he looks at one, and then there was maybe a close call on the outside corner by the umpire. Well, now he's down 0-2, and it, it just totally changes that bat, I think is what you said. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is, you know, we're just looking for consistency from the umpires, you know, and, and, and that's been a little hit or miss as we go through the first couple weeks here, but one of the biggest things these guys have to understand is attack early. You know, one of one of my offensive philosophies is hunt one. You know, that just means go after the fastball. You're going to get one and A, B that, that you can hit. I think a lot of times we've limited ourselves to a side of the plate, up, down. You know, if you go in, uh, you know, at this level, the professional level, if you go up looking for a fastball, elevated middle end, you're probably not going to get one, right? And, and, and that's the thing is I think we're limiting ourselves and and trying to get too particular with what we're looking for, all of a sudden you look up, it's 0-1-0-2, and now that pitch is definitely not coming. They've got the upper hand. Um, I thought we've, we've done a pretty good job of battling back, but we're trying to explain to our guys, you know, we can't get in that spot where it's 0-1-0-2. You know, foul something off. Get the pitcher in a position where he has to try to be particular with what he's doing and, and get to that hitter's count. And if we can get the hitter's counts over this homestand, that's when we're going to see, you know, the extra base hits, balls flying out of the ballpark, and, it's one of those things where I think we're just a little passive right now. We're too particular in what we're looking for, um, you know. And at this level, when when guys know how to pitch, you're you're not going to get many mistakes. And when you when you do get one, you've got to be aggressive and and ready to roll. And I think that's the biggest thing we've got to change. Closing out this segment, I think it's you mentioned how solid the defensive has been. We've talked about the pitching and how they've been getting balls put into play. But the, the infield, your infield that you put out there, especially in Monday's game against the Trappers, there's only been two errors allowed in the four games by, by your defense. And, and on Monday, it was a show. There were four double plays turned. So it, getting out of jams, especially late in the game, there were two that were, I believe, after the sixth inning. And it, it, it's just a, it, it's amazing for me because 16 errors on the season total, only two of them have been against the Trappers. So it just shows how this defense has evolved, how they've started to you know, shake the cobwebs off. That's what I've liked to say, especially on the broadcast. I think these, the pitchers, the hitters, everyone's just still shaking off those cobwebs, especially some of these players, as we've mentioned, haven't played in probably over a year and a half. But the defense, it, it's something to highlight, especially going against Pierce's uh, defense, which leads the league with 28 errors. And uh, talk, compare the defenses between the two for me. I mean, you see stuff that I sometimes don't see, and I just want to hear what you have to think about these defenses. Well, I think we made some really good plays in some really good spots. You know, the other night, uh, the double play combo across the infield was, was pretty special. I mean, Benito Garcia is as smooth as they get at shortstop. JT Mix has got a great transfer. He gets it and spits it. Uh, Jesus did a good job at first base stretching, and Jonathan Brown at third was – was picking everything left, right, middle, didn't matter. So those those four really gave us a shot. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about taking advantage of opportunities. You know, Pete Weil was in the game for, for two, maybe three of those double plays. He's a ground ball guy. He's not going to overpower, but he knows how to pitch, get some sync. When we get that double play and that inning ends quick, you know, Pete goes out those four pitches one inning. we got to come in and push it across right then because that's a big momentum changer in a, in a game. They get in a big spot. Boom, we turn a double play, and then we couldn't counter it offensively. What Pierre did well was they kicked it around a little bit at times, but every time there was a big spot, they would make a dive and play, or they would backhand one deep in the hole, throw somebody out at first base, and then offensively, 
they carried that over. Um, so that's the biggest thing. I thought they did a pretty good job of just fielding in spots. They gave us some base runners, but then we'd get out of a jam, come back, counter that with, with an offensive attack right then. So we've got to kind of ride that momentum, feel when it's a big spot in the game. And, you know, that's the perfect time, four-pitch inning, double play, lay down a drag bunt, still second base, double, one to nothing, nobody out. That's what we've got to do, uh, and, and that's something we're trying to put into play this week. So that's it for us talking about the Trappers. The Sunfish face off against Pier for the next two nights, both games at Karis Park on Augustana University, both with a 635 first pitch. And so you come out to Augustana, it's a beautiful ballpark, great seating, great food. Have a beer. You know, it's, it's a summer night. It, you treat yourself. It's going to be nice. And, again, the Sunfish undefeated at Karis Park, and there's going to be some cool – theme nights at least for the next two nights tonight it's princess and pirates night i know you're going to dress up as a princess coach no and, doubt now it's okay so guys when when i get this posted i'm gonna i'm gonna ask just retweet it or comment if we get like i don't know let's say if we get like 50 retweets we're gonna have coach wear a princess dress in the dugout and he's gonna shake his head no or something i don't know he's the type of that guy who would happen act- I'll it, go. I'll go. Jack Sparrow, Pirates of the Caribbean, or could, Caribbean, however you want to say that. So, so we'll do. We'll do. Yeah. We'll do fifty retweets. You go as a pirate. Hundred retweets. We go you as a princess. No, Tyler that? is a princess. Hundred retweets. Fifty for me, Jack Sparrow. I'm down with that. Done Fans, deal. there we go. So, if you want to come out tonight and see Coach dressed like a pirate, make sure we get some retweets on this. <laughs> but then tomorrow night, it's going to be my favorite night of the season. It's Star Wars night. Coach, are you a big Star Wars guy? You're going to get mad at me, but I know nothing about it. You don't know anything about it? I've we... never watched one Star Wars movie. I'm really? not hating on it. All my buddies no, yeah. love it. I, I've, I've listened to the albums on the old 8th grade iPod. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, never watched Star Wars, man. See, I don't, we, I, on the bus rides, we were talking about movies and TV shows that all of us have seen, and that's one that... One that I missed. It really? Just, it just missed me, man. I never never watched Star Wars, Star Trek, nothing. I just It wasn't that I wasn't into it. I like a lot of that stuff. Just one of those one of those volumes of, of movies that I just I just never saw. So it sounds like on some of these bus rides this summer, we're going to watch the entire Star Wars yeah. you know, I'm saga. In. I'm in. I'm in. I know enough about it. I just never, never watched it. Just missed it, man. It's one of those that just... Uh, Escape me. We were talking about that on the bus. I think everybody's got one, you know, set of movies or, or, or song or something that they missed along the way, and that was it for me with Star Wars Night. Yeah, so. See, and I think when we were talking about TV shows, I think I was the one guy who I'd never seen Breaking Bad. Yeah. I've seen, like, two episodes. I just couldn't get into it, and it's just like, it, that's just one. Of, everyone's got it. Everybody's got one. Everyone's got it. So, again, upcoming games tonight, 635 first pitch at home, Karis Park on the campus of Augustana University against the Pier Trappers. Second game of the two-game series tomorrow night as well. And then this weekend, a three-game series against the Sewers Valley Sabredogs. They travel to Sioux Falls this weekend. That's going to be the first time that either team has seen each other before coming off of the weekend, a one-game series against the Trappers before traveling back to Pier for another two-game series. So a nice, long six-game homestand for the Sunfish. And, Coach, I know you're looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to get 50 retweets to see you in a Pirates of the Caribbean outfit we got to go to a costume shop or something make sure we get that yeah, and we'll yeah. get it done we'll, we'll get you on there uh any last thoughts from you coach no i mean i think the biggest thing is you know we uh looking forward to the six at home get this thing rolling in the right direction you know don't press the panic button early i think guys are pressing hopefully the day off helped us um you know these guys are kind of kind of rested relaxed and i know they're excited to be here hopefully we get some fans in the ballpark and and get that home field advantage and and come out and 
and roll through it and then we get the you know that's that's the fun thing about summer balls we get this thing rolling in the right direction get hot a little bit and then uh all of a sudden we get to go right back to pier who just swept us and hopefully we go up there carry it over and and sweep those guys as well but i'm excited about about this week and you know our, our starting rotation here as we go through i think gives us a chance early but as you said we got to attack early offensively get something going get some of these fresh faces in here and give some guys some more opportunities and then start to build that that rotation a little bit offensively and on the bump and and uh, figure out what's going to give us the best chance to win each night all right thank you coach this has been the first episode of the fish tank hopefully you enjoyed we'll try and get this out every Wednesday, whether we're on the home or the road, and we'll get it out on SoundCloud, and eventually, hopefully, we can get this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. Uh, We'll get that out. Make sure you like, share, retweet, anything. We'll be posting this everywhere, so make sure you share it with your friends, all of your Sioux Falls Sunfish fanatics, and tonight, 635, the Sunfish host the Pier Trappers. All home games for the Sioux Falls Sunfish will be streamed on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and type in Sioux Falls Sunfish. You'll find the live stream there. I will be on the call. And for all home and road games as well, I'll be live on the Sioux Falls Sunfish radio network. That's on Mixler.com backslash SF Sunfish. That's M-I-X-L-R.com backslash SF Sunfish. Tonight's first pitch, 635. I'll be going live just about five minutes before that. So make sure you tune in if you can't make it out to Karis Park. We're looking forward to being with you guys and talking with you all summer long here on the Fish Tank Podcast. For head coach Walker Bowlington, I'm David Coyer. We'll see you next time.